Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. This time I had the pleasure of speaking with Joey Smith, a greatly renowned upright bass player. He was initially from Tennessee, but then went on to complete his master's at the Eastman School of Music, as well as touring with the Glenn Miller Orchestra for a number of years. I hope you enjoy our discussion of his fascinating life. My high school band director was a very special uh, person who kind of took me under his wing, and and well, I, I wound up uh, uh, in my senior year. You know, uh, we we were playing gigs together. Well, he he was also a multi instrumentalist. He he played um, you know, piano and bass and and alto sax and sure. flute. But in the group we were in, uh, a three three horn front. Wow. Front uh, guys, you know, and uh, with the uh, uh, piano, bass, and drums. Well, I, I, st- I started taking guitar lessons when I was ten. But ten, okay. But but I was I was pl- playing you know semi professional when I was fifteen, sixteen. Great. So wow. I'd have been seventeen when I was playing with these folks. I guess you went to post secondary for music after that, after high school, or yeah, yes, I went to uh, East East Tennessee State University. You know that was my first year there, and uh, and they, they had a wonderful uh, well, they didn't have a jazz ensemble, but they had a, a jazz trombone choir, and <laughs> and and uh, so the, the one of the the other members in the in the group that I played with. Uh, with my band director, he was also a student of another of the piano player. who was a band director at another school, <laughs> <laughs> and he was a trombone player, you know, wonderful musician. And then I, I, I transferred to UT Chattanooga. I got a music education degree from there. Was there a defining moment where you decided like music was the thing you wanted to do for a living, or? That seemed to be the the, the thing that, that you know that, that fit for me, and I, I just I stuck with it. And were your family supportive of that? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. My mother and father were instrumental in me staying in, in that. I mean, oh, really? I, I I did after I lived in Chattanooga for ten years, so I had quite a gap between. You know, when what things you know dried up for a while, and and I. Uh, I went to uh, school f- to uh, for t- to be a nurse's aide. So I, I was working as an orderly in a hospital. Oh. So I, I did that for a while, and uh, I was studying to be an operating room technician and wound up g- getting a gig six nights a week. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, then basically, y'all just you 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 have to. I mean, I, I had to be in surgery at six a.m. every morning. <laughs> yeah, y'all, and, and so being up until two and three at night, and then so what, what I started doing, I'd, I'd stay up all night, and then then go then go go going to surgery, and then get off work at th- or out of school at three, and then I'd sleep. Then, then, I'd, then I'd go to the go to the gig that started at wow. like like ten at night. It was a late night. Did you ever make any mistakes during the surgery? Well, I well, well I wound up flunk, you know, you know, flunking out of school because because right, right. I mean I couldn't uh, keep that up. Or well, I mean I was sleep deprived. Sure, know. but yeah, you know, uh, but 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 anyway, it just it kind of got me back into music. <laughs> That's a crazy story. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, you know, you just, uh, 
uh, while, while you're in school, you know, you, you got to tr- try to make a living somehow. And so, yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, it was impossible to do both things. Sure. What, what kind of like establishments were you playing for those like six nights a week? Or it's just like, Oh, it was, uh, uh, um, you know, country music. Oh, okay. Yeah, not, 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 not a very nice place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. and at that time uh, you know, I was w- without an upright bass I used to play electric bass on a stool with it with it standing up straight so it <laughs> felt like an upright bass well, like this one trumpet player friend of mine he was he, he was on the Glenn Miller band when I, when I was still in college and uh, so he was instrumental in helping me get on the band yeah, how did that come about? Or? Well, I mean, you know, I had, I had contact information and, and references and stuff like that, and uh, through the country circles, one guy that, that I got to, uh, started playing with this uh, steel guitar player, Herbie Wallace, and uh, he was he was actually a jazz a jazz steel guitar. Yeah, he could do that, and and uh, and the guitarist uh, Thumb Car- Thumbs Carlisle. Was uh, had settled in Victoria, and uh, and so I made a recording with them, and that was kind of one thing that I used for some recordings from from that use use for my audition mm-hmm. tape that I sent in. I mean, I I just I just phone periodically. I was trying to keep keep in touch with with the road manager. Okay, so you're talking to the road manager, and then he would let you know if there's an opening or not. For- yeah, and you know, plus you know, the, the, you know, just the, you know, the, 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 they're hiring people uh, blind sometimes because mm-hmm. you know you got you got so anyway, anyhow, they had a bass player th- that they'd hired, and and I guess he didn't work out. Okay, and uh, and I just happened to phone and he said, "Well, can you send your tape?" And then and then they said, "Okay, okay, this good." So I, uh, four days later, I, I found myself traveling to New York City. <laughs> and, you know, with the, taking my base on the plane and going down to Midtown Manhattan with my, with the neck of my base sticking out of a taxi. <laughs> anyway, it was quite a. I didn't have much time to, and I, I even owned a house in Chattanooga at that time. So, my mother came down and helped me, you know, so, so I could, you know. Uh, you know, to launch out. Right. No, that must have been a crazy transition. Like, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, because yeah, it, it's just you never know when it's going to happen. It, yeah, I, I, at least you know, one friend of mine had said, you know, do, make make sure that you have a passport because mm, that's right. an important. Because you know, you, you can't. It's hard if you're on the road and then you you can't uh, get hold of one hardly. So you. Called him and then sent the tapes over, and within something like a week or so, you were confirmed for the spot. Or it was like days, days, a couple of days. Wow! And yeah, then, and then all of a sudden, what I, were you thinking at that point? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's something that, that, that I was, was trying to do, and then the opportunity came, and then I had to go. Are they on the road all the time, or well, the, the, at, at that time they were on the road for fifty weeks a year. It can be pretty lonely. Out there, but but but, yeah, it's it's been a really good. It's it was it it was a good experience for me, and it you know it it kind of helped me. That's how I knew about Eastman School of Music, you Mm -hmm. know, because you know there were some 
other because well, I was interested in in arranging. So that's you know just getting back to Chattanooga. One of the gentlemen that I played with that, that I hung out with a lot. He he taught me a lot about arranging. So we were always listening to big bands and stuff like that. So I, I missed all the disco stuff. <laughs> I was listening to basic. <laughs> And so I guess maybe you had an opportunity to like look at all the charts and stuff while you were there, and like they must have had amazing arrangements for the. Oh yeah, the well it's just uh, well you know that, uh, but you know all, all the all those big bands had, uh, uh, you know you know great char- charts. Uh, vocalist from Chattanooga got on, and I, I was writing charts for her, so so I got to write some some arrangements for the Miller Orchestra while I was on there, yeah. all by all by hand. I think that's why I've got rheumatoid arthritis right now. I'm co- copying everything with pencil. <laughs> it's a lot of notes. Sure, yeah. How long would it take to craft a score in parts at that point if you're doing it all by hand? Well, I don't know. It's just, you know, just doing stuff while I'm on the bus, and I had a little portable portable keyboard mm-hmm. that I used, and I, and I still have it at the house. It's a little old Casio <laughs> that I bought in New York City, and it just... Just th- three octaves, but 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 I could hear everything I needed. Yeah, so you're touring with the Glenn Miller Big Band, and you were in Victoria here, where you met your wife. Uh, yeah, well, well, at that time she was work. She was uh, on air uh, uh, DJ for CFAX Radio. Okay, and they they sponsored the band. She she actually introduced the band. Yeah, and and, uh, and then and then we we met after the after the gig and got got married a year later. But we we, we always used to travel to Japan every year, so we spent six weeks over there, and then we had a week off after. Wow, that so. So this is the Glenn Miller Big Band spend six weeks a year in Japan, like playing yeah. shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. that must have been very cool. Yeah, then we have a Japanese road manager, and you know, they <laughs> take us everywhere. But what we saw every island, and 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 uh, just played really. But they just treated us like royalty over there. It's the nicest folks. And uh, you're playing at major venues or clubs, like what kind of establishments? Yeah, all re- re- really, really nice, n- nice, nice theaters. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and 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 uh, and and the folks were, were really into sure that 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 era of of music. It was uh, you know they were they had all the all that stuff. That's yeah, they cool. were uh, this this but just the nicest folks for sure. Okay, um, so Glenn Miller, big band, two and a half years. After that, you went to Eastman for the Masters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what exact major? Or well, I, I started out with uh, with uh, uh, I was studying arranging, and then uh, and then uh, midway, you just wound up switching to and uh, uh, instrumental, you know, to bass. Yeah, and then so after that, you moved to Victoria, or yeah, okay. And so I've been here ever since. Um, let's take a little transition to uh, practicing. Uh, when you were growing up, did you have like a specific practice schedule? Were you maybe doing short bursts here and then like inconsistent with it? Or did you have a regimented schedule? Like how did you sort of structure your practicing time on the well, instrument? Well, it, 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 it was a bit, it, it was a bit haphazard, I'm afraid. <laughs> Um, lots of on-the-job experience, 
Right, kind of so, going in and then just picking it up on the spots. Well, or whatever. well, you know, there's especially for, for me as a rhythm section person, you know, uh, 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 learning songs, mm-hmm. and but 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 I used to play play with some uh, some some folks. I mean, we didn't have the real book or any charts. We just, I mean, that's how I learned the tunes. So, oh, I remember this one pianist that I worked with. This lady, uh, I just I worked with her just once at a blue moon. But, but she was kind of she she knew every show tune, uh-huh. all the verses and stuff like that. She could just reel reel them out, yeah. And yeah. and then uh, uh, the other people just just knew knew lots of. I mean, I learned lots of standards from. Uh, from from older musicians, horn players from from that tradition, and, th- and there's not a lot of people that play that way mm. now. So I, I felt real fortunate to, you know, to to uh, to, to learn, yeah, an oral tradition, I guess. And if you like the song, you'd have to transcribe all the changes by yourself, I guess, or were there any? Yeah, because there's no real book, or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, so you really had to kind of, kind of, it, kind of, it was absorbed a little bit better that way, I guess. I'm sure. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, you can definitely feel a change if you, like, if you're looking at the changes versus if you know them very well. The playing, I think, is very different. Um, oh, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. It frees you up, doesn't it? For like, sure. Thinking a different way. You did mostly transcribing then in your practice sessions, or what were you doing? Running scales? Well, yeah, just uh, or p- playing along with records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, well. Uh, yeah, of course. You know, one thing. Yeah, I, I, well, I like when I first got an upright bass. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I I would practice scales too, but I do, but I'd try to play along with records, try to build up. Some chops, but it, but it wasn't anything like playing the first gig. Mm. First gig was a killer, but because you know you have to build up stamina on on, on that instrument. Yeah, no. So all of a sudden you're playing it for three hours for real. It's not like a short burst of a thirty minute practice session. Okay, yeah, I got that tuned down. It's just uh, you know it's a different kind of. Um, uh, uh, when you're thinking of the long haul, um, I want to talk a little bit about bass lines um, and baseline construction. Like, how? What are you thinking when you're say walking a a tune? Are you trying to be, I don't know, like melodic, like maybe Israel Crosby that kind of stuff on the Maj Mal records, yeah. or are you trying to get the harmony really clear? Like, what's your approach to it? Well, I mean, you know, this outlining the you know you know the, the, the you know the chord. Chord changes, you know, with with uh, with just basic basic arpeggiation and diatonic scales mm-hmm. with 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 chromatic passing tones, things like that. Um, for for the more melodic, you know, the, you know, that's what I think of. If, if I'm taking a, a solo, then it, I, I, I I really play off the melody right. of a song, so that's important to me. To have cohesive. Yeah, I, I know Bill Evans in an interview mentioned that he's got the melody like just ringing in his head throughout the entire time he's playing the solo. So every idea is sort of related to it throughout his um, yeah. soloing. Uh, so well, and, approach, and, and, and when I'm playing chord changes too. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's the songs go going through my mind the whole time. Mm. And, spe- and especially especially during a drum solo, you got to keep keep singing the song to yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For me as a prof- professional musician, you know, I mean, I have to wear different hats. You know, like if I'm if I'm playing a, a, a you know a theater show, then then I'm I'm reading the music and following the conductor. You know, or then that's that that's one function. That's a, that's a whole different different thing than playing a because every note that you play is written out. Right. Yeah. First time I played with a with a country band, mm. you know, you thought, oh, well, it's just three chords, but but it's just the way you do it is is so important. You know, it's just you just you 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 th- think of it. it, it yeah, I'm sure it's it's pretty simple uh, harmony, but 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 to really you know play bass in a group like that, you've got to be doing a certain way. Where it, where, it, where it really settles in and feels good to the rest of the band, you know, mm. so it's a different thing. And I'm sure they can feel if it's not quite... Oh, know, yeah. Right? Well, he's a jazz guy. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I enjoy about playing bass is you, you you get a chance to play with lots of different groups. Mm. You know, like, like playing with somebody like Louise and uh, Rose and Kelby, you know, that's a very, very special... Uh, you know, you know, situation there where we're we're not really reading charts. We're playing songs that we we're playing standards, and it's unrehearsed. And I, and I never know what chord change uh, she's going to play next. And we don't talk about it, but but we we just <laughs> trust each other. Right. But but you know, like it's a situation where I, where I can try something on bass, and she's all over it. Right, right, right. And or or, or I, I try to do this, do the same thing back. Where we're in communication, you know. So, so having that, the, the, that's a very special type mm-hmm. type of playing. And uh, in a different style, you know. That's what you know. Bill Evans, you know, Scott LaFaro and uh, Paul Bodian had sure. had going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that they were having conversations with each other in a, in a deep way, weren't they? So it's the same, different, you know, even though we're kind of playing more, more straight ahead style, but we're, but we're it's still the, the listening to each other like that. But it's, but it's where you, you get to, you spend time playing with somebody mm-hmm. and, you, and you get to get to know them. I had a show with, uh, with, with Kelby where he had me play, um, uh, um, music that that influenced me through the years. Mm-hmm. So I had to put all but but you know after something like that, you need to think of well, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> because so many things has has happened in in my life, and 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 I've been influenced by so many different musicians through the years. Because you know, I mean, it's it's getting on fifty years I've been playing, so. Right. I feel feel blessed to have known some very special people. Uh, to kind of wrap things up, who are your biggest musical influences like across the time? Maybe you know to kind of link up with what your show was about. And you know, Ray Brown's always been a been a favorite of mine. Mm. You know, but he has a very lyrical way that he plays. I mean, I, I don't play bass like him, but I, but I try to use his influences. Definitely. Yeah, in in my playing, but he's plays a highly decor, decorated, but 
but it's just the, the counterpoint of his lines are just pretty special. And, you know, people like George Moraz, mm. he was a bass player, played with Oscar Peterson for a while. Of course, you know, uh, and, you know, Neil's hitting, you know, he's... Yeah. <laughs> Three fingers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy, craziness. Yeah, and, I know. Charles Mingus, I mean, it's just, you know, there's lo- lo- lots of the list goes on, great right? plays, players, you know. Of course, you know, Jimmy Blanton with Duke Ellington, that's, it was back to the early days. He was really a pioneer on bass. Mm, yeah. He brought it out front, well, um, thank you so much for doing this. And it was really interesting to hear like the story from sort of start to now, you know, and the touring and, and the going to this medical school with the surgeons. <laughs> like, I think there's some real interesting stuff that we covered. And um, thank you so much for being willing to tell your story, I guess. Well, anyway, well, well, well th- th- thanks for asking me. I hope, I hope you can get, get, get some stuff out of this. No, <laughs> All right, Joey, um, that's it. All right, well, well, thanks, Mark.